Welcome to the Wise Up Texas podcast. Wise Up Texas is a nonpartisan nonprofit empowering and educating Texas South Asians to be informed voters and partake in civic engagement. You can visit our website, wiseuptx.org, and find us on all social media platforms. This is Poonam Kaji, Wise Up Texas board member and today's host. Today, if you're listening on the podcast, it's October 4th, and it is actually the last date to register to vote. If you are going to be voting in the November elections here in Texas, there are going to be elections. Um, We sometimes get less attention, but this is stuff about our constitution, and there might be some local propositions that you need to review. Pay attention to the Wise Up Texas page to see what's on the ballot. Remind your friends today to check their registration and encourage somebody to register to vote. You can make a difference that way. I wanna introduce our guest today. It's some of our very own board members, Azra Siddiqui, Wise Up Texas founder and president, and Ariba Amr, our Wise Up Texas former intern and now board member. So welcome to both of you. We're going to be talking about a lot because a lot has happened. And this is our first podcast episode back to tell our followers all about everything that happened in the Texas legislature. Um, Before we do that, I just wanna tell y'all what to expect from the podcast in the next couple of weeks. We're gonna have a number of podcast episodes to tell y'all more about things going on here in Texas, things you should know uh, that happened in the legislature. And then we're gonna start talking to some folks who are running for office in 2022. There are a lot of really important elections for US Congress and the Texas legislature. So we will, as always, bring you voices of the candidates so you can be an informed voter. So let's jump into everything that happened uh, in Texas and, and still happening in Texas in a special session. There are plenty of laws that went into effect. We're gonna talk a little bit about the abortion law and the election law, both of which got a lot of attention. But first, let's talk about some of the laws that didn't get as much attention. Um, Azra, can you tell us about some of these laws that went into effect here in Texas? Sure, so this legislative session was, and I've been following it since 2007, was probably pretty crazy. Um, We've been seeing several special sessions and there have been some pieces of legislation that passed, which were kind of shocking to a lot of Texans they weren't expecting to pass. Um, One of them was banning or limit the practice of teaching critical race theory. We've seen a lot of these bills filed in several states um, across the nation. And what critical race theory is, is it teaches how racism shapes legal and social systems in the US. And, you know, Texas has also had is in its third special session, but during the second special session, they also passed another bill on critical race theory. So what they're really trying to do is limit the conversations about how racism um, has shaped this country and the situations that have occurred that have dealt with racism and the effects of it. And so there were a lot of teachers that were pretty upset about this. Um, There were people, several people of color that were also upset about this. And so Unfortunately, it did pass, and it will be fascinating to see how the State Board of Education and how school districts will move forward with um, the effects of this bill. And just to give you all an example, the principal of Colleyville, um, who is an African-American, I think mentioned some 
some stuff about racism and was actually put on um, administrative leave from his job. So we're already seeing the effects within our education system of this legislation. Another bill that passed was called the permitless carry bill. So that means gun rights have been expanded within Texas and this would allow people 21 years and older to carry firearms without a license or permit. So previously you had to have some sort of training and then you were able to attain a permit to carry a handgun. Now that is pretty much taken away and anyone who's 21 and over and eligible to carry um, is allowed to. Um, the other two bills that I wanted to discuss briefly were SB2 and SB3, and this is in reference to changing the structure of the state power grid. And many of y'all may remember what happened back in February and it was a brutally cold winter. And according to Buzzfeed, around 800 Texans died from this situation. It's a tragic occurrence and you know our grid almost completely, I don't know, it just completely would have shut down. It was within minutes of shutting down. And thankfully it didn't but there was legislation filed to try and make the grid to be stronger. You may have heard that the grid is not connected to the rest of the nation. T Texas's grid is on its own. That still stands. The law was not changed to have the Texas grid attached to any one of the other nation's grids. Um, what has been fascinating is that it is they have said that those that need to upgrade their equipment have to be those with critical infrastructure. That's the way the bill was structured. And there were many people who were saying that maybe this type of language wouldn't be the best. It wouldn't get the, the change that we needed to have a stable grid. Um, it is until recently that lawmakers have realized many natural gas companies don't classify themselves as critical infrastructure. And so a lot of them will not be upgrading their equipment. And so there seems to be this situation where lawmakers passed this legislation, they knew what was written in there, but now they're backtracking and saying, wait, hold on, they're not you know, upgrading their infrastructure because of this quote unquote loophole. Um, I think that's gonna be fascinating to see, especially since Texans are still currently in special session, it could be something that Governor Abbott adds on and maybe addresses that issue, maybe he won't. I think that we'll have to wait and see on that. I'm gonna hand this off to Ariba, who's gonna give y'all a, a continued update on some of these issues. Yeah, so unfortunately there is still more that we think that y'all should be notified about on term, in terms of the bills that passed. We, in following the critical race theory bill, there's also another bill called the 1836 project, which was signed to promote quote unquote, patriotic education in Texas. But according to the Houston Chronicle, there are some teachers that are concerned that that history will be whitewashed and overlook the POC perspective when it comes to Texas history. Um, we also have a bill that would punish businesses that require customers to have a COVID vaccine. Um, for example, if businesses were to not comply, they would be denied state contracts, et cetera. We do have a few other bills. We have a bill that would give new eligible mothers six months of Medicare health coverage postpartum. And there's another bill that would cut cap monthly insulin prescriptions at $25 per month. And that's eligible for those with insurance and those who have state health plans. All in all, I mean, that's unfortunately, that's just a summary of what passed. But if there are some bills that you feel like you don't agree with, we highly encourage y'all to look up the representatives 
that may have voted yes or no on them. Wise Up Texas also provides that information via our newsletters. So be an informed voter this upcoming election cycle and know what your representatives voted on so you can vote to keep them in or out of office moving forward. Thank you for that recap. I know that was a lot. And, and like Ariba said, it's um, just the most important bills that we identified that you, we think you should know about. Um, we're going to touch on a couple of the other ones that you should have seen about on our Wise of Texas social media a lot. Um, and that is the voting election law that uh, spurred a lot of attention because um, there's been a, a pattern in many states of laws attacking various ways to get to the booth. As you guys know, our mission here for Wise Up Texas is to get out the South Asian vote and help our community get access to the ballot. We're going to dig a lot more into this in another episode, but we felt like we had to give you a high level look at it today. So Ezra, do you mind just telling us high level what happened with that voting election restriction bill um, and, and what is the outcome of it for our community? Sure. And if you don't mind, I wanted to give a quick background story. This, this bill was filed during the regular legislative session, which runs every odd year from January to May. Uh, the Democrats felt that this bill was going to be very Harmful, harmful to people of color. So many of them broke quorum in the Texas House and they left um, and went to Washington, D.C. When I mean break quorum, uh, the state, the Texas House needs to have a particular, like a set number of people um, in order for them to vote on bills. So if all the Democrats had left, um, the Texas House didn't have the number of people they needed to have quorum, so they were unable to vote on any bills. So this um, is how the, the regular legislative session ended. They called a special session to bring up that bill up again. And most of the Texas Democrats, you know, stayed outside of Texas to continue to break quorum. It isn't until towards the mid end of the second legislative special session that Governor Abbott had called that the de Democrats, um, Texas Democrats ended up coming back and having to vote on this bill. Now, the reason why Texas Democrats broke quorum is that there were several, um, parts of the bill that seem to mostly target um, some of the stuff that Harris County did in terms of making election uh, making voting more accessible uh, to the community and due to the pandemic. Um, one was you know drive-through voting, overnight voting um, and then you know they sent in they would mail out mail-in ballot applications to those who were eligible for them. And so it seemed that Republicans were really trying to target uh, a lot of those um, a lot of those ways to vote. And so that was all of those were in the bill, which was banning drive-through voting, prohibit overnight voting, and bans election officials from unsolicited distribution of mail-in ballot applications. And so this bill did pass. And so that means for this upcoming November election and potentially for 2022, there will be no drive-through voting or overnight voting. And uh, Wise Up Texas did actually take a stance on this because we felt this did detrimentally impact our South Asian community because we noticed many Texas South Asians utilize drive-through voting to protect themselves from COVID or use overnight voting. Several you know, Texas South Asians work in the medical field or own businesses. And so they were able to utilize these extended hours to go vote before or after work. 
And then there were several elderly uh, South Asian Texans who, you know, got their mail-in ballot, had no idea that they had the opportunity or the ability to vote by mail. And since they got that, they filled it out and were able to get their ballots and vote from home. And we think those opportunities should continue to stay within the Texas South Asian community. So we did register to vote against that bill. But as you all know, this bill did pass. Um, there has been litigation that's been filed by the Texas Civil Rights Project and ACLU in Texas. And so we'll be watching that litigation closely to see how things pan out. And we're hoping that this bill will be overturned. Thanks, Ezra. That was an excellent overview. Um, and, and just to piggyback on some of that, we might remember uh, after the 2020 election, we were looking at Texas counties that had really great turnout, like Harris County, where there is a really big South Asian population. And some of that increased turnout was this overnight voting, um, keeping the polls open late to give more people access, drive-through voting so people could vote safely. Um, in this November election, we'll see what happens. Of course, not as many people will come out this November um, because it's not as big of an election. But for 2022, um, Wise of Texas will definitely do our part to encourage people to come out and to learn how they can vote. Um, and But all of you, if you have a certain um, stake in this outcome, we encourage you to let your elected officials know. Um, there is like Ezra said, pending litigation on this issue. So we will be following that as well and let you know how things change. I just want to say the, the uh, motivation behind this law was allegedly election integrity and a question of whether there was fraud in the election. Um, however, studies show that there was not fraud in the election um, and that the election was in fact secure. And, and that was true in Texas as well. But yet in um, recent news, we're seeing an audit of some of the biggest Texas counties um, regarding the 2020 election results. Um, do either of you wanna comment on that and give our listeners a little bit of an explanation of what's happening there? So I'm, I mean, according to the Texas Tribune, there's the Texas officials in three out of four of the counties are being audited. So those three are Harris, Dallas, and Tarrant um, are saying that this is an unnecessary partisan movement aimed at raising doubts about the outcome of the election. So those three out of four of the counties are saying that there's political motive behind the audit. Of course, Abbott has defended his stance to audit saying that it's part of the democratic process, that he feels like it's necessary. The fourth the fourth county to be audited is Collin County. Um, and they just haven't, uh, they just haven't spoken to the Tribune. So I don't have their stance in front of me right now, but it is an interesting political move to see given that 2020 is not too, or 2020 elections were a while ago. <laughs> Um, I'm going to really briefly do a, a summary of the abortion law that passed here in Texas, uh, because I know that it could be something we could get into a lot, but we just have so much we need to cover in a short time. And this is actually one where I think we have to stay tuned because we're in the middle of the story. We, we really don't know what the results going to be yet. So as a reminder, SB8 passed here in Texas. Uh, it is the most restrictive abortion law in the country, 
It limits abortion um, to only six weeks or before. Majority of abortions take place after that timeline. Um, so essentially right now in Texas, access to abortion is extremely limited. Um, it, basically a healthcare provider has to break the law to continue to provide uh, abortions to women. And what happened right after the law went into effect was the Supreme Court essentially said, we aren't going to stop this law for now. What I want to make clear for our followers is that it was not based on the actual constitutionality that the Supreme Court made that decision. So Roe v. Wade has not been overturned. That has yet to be decided. And I, th I think most people see that it, that it will be decided at some point. And that will really tell us an answer of what will be the future for this law in Texas, um, which you know for now is the law of the land. But there are many, many, many lawsuits pending on this. And there is also a lawsuit pending at the Supreme Court on a Mississippi law, which is less restrictive than this one. Um, so the outcome of that could also help instruct what will happen with this Texas law. Um, so that's a very, very brief summary of where we are right now with that law. And I know it is a big piece of national attention. Um, a lot of women and activists are sharing their opinion about um, the way Texas has created this law. The most uh, maybe controversial aspect of the law in addition to the restriction on abortion is the fact that it requires individual Texans to sue uh, abortion providers or anyone who assists somebody um, to get an abortion. And so this is a very strange way to enforce a law. It is designed that way so that the state itself is not enforcing the law, but rather individual citizens enforce a law against healthcare providers. So uh, definitely something that we will keep an eye on, but keep in mind, there will be some outcomes from, from the Supreme Court for us to understand where this is going. So we're gonna use our last few minutes to talk about redistricting because that is actually still <laughs> happening in a special session right now. So um, re as y'all have heard before on our podcast, um, we went through a 2020 census, Texas lawmakers will recreate maps for congressional districts, um, also for local races like school board, and the Texas legislature. So this is really a big time for map creation and it only happens um, once every 10 years. So uh, Ariba, I'll ask you first, like why is this so important and why are, why are we talking about this? Yeah, so I honestly feel like the first thing to explain is this idea of districts and I'm only doing so because maybe two, three years ago, I would have no idea what you're talking about. You know, this is so important because when you look at your ballot, you see that you're voting for something like Texas House District 13 and a representative for that. So the Texas House, you know, the and the US Representative House, the legislatures on both ends, et cetera, you're split into districts. And so you vote on a representative for your own district. You don't get to vote for a representative. If you live in Austin, I'm not gonna be voting for someone in Fort Worth, Texas. And that's very important because that person represents your area. 
Um, and then overall, it can determine the partisanship of the Texas House, the US House, et cetera. Um, now with that out of the way, it's redistricting is really important because of this idea of gerrymandering. So gerrymandering is basically where potentially a party or politicians could manipulate the boundaries of a district to favor a party or a class. So they might, they might look at a district and see more or less people of color that tend to favor liberal and they might just split them up in half um, in order to make Republican lawmakers the the winners in both of those districts. Now that's a, that's a very brief um, explanation on why redistricting is important. But I think most notably, I think it was today, the Tribune, the Texas Tribune, uh, released that the first map that the Texas House proposed, um, this initial draft would increase Republican strength across the state. Um, and the number of districts in which like white residents make up a majority of that's also increased and this new initial map creates fewer districts for people people of color including black and hispanic um so there there are now less districts in this new map where those people make up a majority and again that's important depending on the partisanship that tends to be the majority for these minorities versus you know the white the white constituents in the area. So I'm, I'm not sure if that made a lot of sense, but I just, I recall, I'm still confused redistricting. <laughs> redistricting is a very convoluted process, but that's the best way I've found to explain it to people. That was very helpful. And I, I think it's important to note that the census showed that we have a growing uh, population when it comes to our Hispanic community and even our Asian community. Um, a lot, uh, yeah, and it's, it's <laughs> you know, great to see data about us. Um, and, you know, the Asian population is very much growing in Texas. And we saw that the maps I know that I saw for DFW, for example, I could look at it and say, oh, that's a part of the Metroplex that has a strong South Asian population. And I could see that it had been divided further in a way that wouldn't necessarily serve that community very well and also could result in those partisan outcomes like you mentioned, Ariba. So um, yes, redistricting is very important. It's happening right now. Ezra, do you mind telling people how they could get more involved in that process since it's, since it's still going on? <laughs> sure. So you may be seeing a lot of the maps uh, that have been going around. And as like Poonam and Ariba mentioned, you know, there's for the Texas House, there's the Texas Senate districts, there's your congressional districts, and they have been taking testimony both in the Texas Senate and the Texas House about each of those maps. Um, so you can submit written testimony. It's what Wise Up Texas has been doing because of COVID. A lot of us aren't able to get to the Capitol. Um, or you can come down to Austin in person. There are several great organizations um, such as the AAPI Redistricting Coalition that Wise Up Texas is proud to partner with who are helping get people come down to Austin to testify, to showcase the Asian American Pacific Islander, Texans, and you know, our political clout as well. So those are the two best ways I'd say to go about it. Now about calling your reps, I'd hold off on that because we got the first round of maps. And the way this process goes is the maps are going to continue to evolve. There's gonna be a lot of back-ended negotiations. 
and you'll have different rounds of maps because they have to pass both in the Texas House and in the Texas Senate. So before it gets to Governor Abbott, it'll probably have one or at least one to two rounds of changes. Uh, we will be informing y'all about that. Make sure you're following us on social media. So that's the time to call your rep to be like, I want you to vote no on this. And that's one another way to get involved. But I think it's important to note that at the end of the day, if this is something, the outcome, if you're not happy with it, this is why it's so important. And it's a reminder why you pay attention to state politics, because this is going to happen again in 10 years. And so maybe if you are not happy with the outcome or you are happy with the outcome, you'll know how to vote in those next couple of years of elections. Thanks, Ezra. And, you know, advocates for fair maps are really just advocates saying, hey, look, our election process is the core of our democracy and this should be fair. It shouldn't be partisan. The outcome shouldn't be designed to create a winner. Let the people vote and let the people select um, their elected officials. So that's really what fair maps are about and what we're about at Wise of Texas. So we yeah. will definitely be following this really closely. And, and just to also give a quick heads up, when Democrats were in power in Texas, they also did the same exact thing. So this isn't just Republicans doing it. it this has been a pattern in Texas of the political party who's in power. They, they do this um, quite often. Texas is unique in that we don't have a nonpartisan coalition creating the maps and drawing them. Other states do. Texas is not one of them. And maybe that's something to think about um, for a bill or legislation for next election cycle. Thanks so much. Well, we've covered a lot in a really short time, but we got through a lot of what happened over this Texas legislative session and some of the highlights from the special sessions, as well as redistricting, which is happening right now. Um, so as we said, stay tuned. We'll have a weekly podcast episode coming. Is there any closing remarks from either of you about what people need to do to get involved? I just hope people register to vote for those constitutional amendments. Um, I believe there's eight of them on the ballot and we will be posting about them. They don't seem like a big deal, but they really are. They changed the Texas constitution and they are exceptionally hard to repeal. So if you see some of those amendments and you're like, wow, this would be really bad, um, make sure you vote no on it or yes for it if you're really for it. Um, but once they're into the constitution, it is exceptionally very, very difficult for them to be repealed. So please, please consider getting registered to vote by October 4th and voting in the November 2021 elections. Thank you. Well, that concludes our interview today. Thank you, Ezra and Ariba, for all your expertise and opinions. Wise Up Texas is a nonpartisan and nonprofit organization, but we welcome interviews with candidates and political leaders who want to reach out to our South Asian followers. Wise Up Texas does not endorse any candidates or political political party. You can find a recording of this podcast on most platforms where podcasts are available and select episodes air on Radio Azad in DFW. Thanks for listening. Get educated, get wiser, and start giving a hoot with Wise Up Texas.